0: Well, friends, uh, this one is gonna be just me. TJ and I schedules didn't line up early in the week, so we're gonna have to wait ne- till next week to get TJ's final uh, win loss. Uh, as we promised coming out of last week, the schedule release. We went through it. we you know, went through all of the different things that we liked about the schedule, what we didn't like about the schedule, what we looked at as former players. I'm not going to rehash that. If you want to listen to it, it's still available on YouTube or on the Odyssey app. Uh, make sure you download it. You can get this podcast at any point. Uh, and on YouTube, obviously, you could see TJ when he's present or myself uh, and during the show. But I did want to give my win loss total, uh, and that's 12 and 4. Oh, sorry, 12 and 4. It used to be 12 and 4. Now it's 12 and 5. I think that they go out to Kansas City and get a win. I think that there's. Plenty of opportunity with the changes that Kansas City has made on the offensive line. They haven't been positive changes, a lot of risk involved. Now, you got to trust Andy Reid that he's making the best decisions possible, but we also thought that a couple of years ago when they lost to Tampa in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. I think there's a chance that that could happen again in this matchup. Aiden Hutchinson another year, James Houston, Romeo Okora, uh, and then all of a sudden you throw in a better secondary. Guys aren't going to be open quite as quickly as they have been in the past. Getting after Patrick Mahomes is going to be the key. Uh, we'll dig into that more as we get down the road. But I think there's a chance that they can go into Arrowhead and get a win. And here's what I don't like about the talk of hey, it's the defending Super Bowl champs. We know Patrick Mahomes. We know Travis Kelsey. We know uh, Chris Jones. All of these different reasons why the Kansas City Chiefs have a better roster, have a better team than the Detroit Lions. Most people are not picking them to win. If that's the case, then why play the damn game? It pisses me off every time somebody talks about you can't go to Arrowhead and win. I've played there. I didn't win there, um, but it's it's loud. But you could find ways to go in there and chip away. A couple of years ago, Lions went in to, uh, to play the Rams. Nobody thought that they were going to have any chance. They ended up ultimately losing the game, but they didn't have the roster that they had right now. Dan Campbell is a guy, Gambling Dan, that can go in there and create opportunities for his team. Now, I do think the big test this year, when we talk about a 12-win team, it is going to not just come down to Jared Goff, the weapons around him, Jameer Gibbs, J-Mo when he's back. We'll talk a little bit more about those guys in a moment with what's going on in the offseason. It's also going to be the defense, but it's going to be coaching. How much has Dan Campbell learned in the last couple of years? What about going to Minnesota and some of the regrets that he has uh, making coaching decisions, the double timeouts, the back-to-backs, all of these different things. As we have watched the players on the field learn and develop and get better, I think this is the year we're going to look at Dan Campbell. How much has he learned over the first two years? How much has he improved as a head coach, as a leader, as a decision maker? When you don't have a lot of times to make decisions on when to go for it, when to when to kick it, when to punt, uh, you know, all of the when to go for onside kicks, all of those different things will be highlighted in Week One. And I think Dan Campbell is up to the challenge. I think this team is up to the challenge. Now where this becomes an issue, they do get a win in Kansas City. They've got 10 days where everybody's going to be talking about the Detroit Lions going to Arrowhead, getting a win, all of the offseason talk. And we talked to Frank Ragnow on the morning show uh, last week, and I did like one of the, the, the things that he said. He identified the fact that, yeah, people are talking nice about him. There's a lot of positive momentum. There's a lot of things to like about this upcoming Detroit Lions team. But he was very clear in his message to us, and I believe it's translated to the team, they didn't make the playoffs. They didn't win their division. They didn't host a playoff game. They haven't done <laughs> yet. And so this is where you've got to figure out the type of leaders that are going to be on this team. How much can Jared Goff lead after a win in Arrowhead? How much can he help refocus these guys over the 10 days where everybody's heaping praise on them to face the Seattle Seahawks? I think they come back and they get a loss. There's a lot of lessons that you have to learn as a young team. They learned some of those last year, the loss to Minnesota, the loss to Seattle early in the season. How much did it bite them in the ass when they got to the end of the year and they finished nine and eight. They finished with above 500 record, which was great. They came back from a one and six record, but they dug themselves a hole so deep that even a phenomenal run at the end of the season, they were unable to dig themselves out of it. And it's also going to be a matter of when they face the Seattle Seahawks. I think it's it's a tougher matchup for this team. And we're going to find out passing on Jalen Carter, drafting a defensive lineman in the third round, and going and getting Jack Campbell, helping the defense. How good are they going to be at stopping the run? That's going to be the key against Seattle. Yeah, you've got a number of wide receivers, and they are stacked at wide receiver. I don't think Geno Smith is going to have the same season he had last year. But when you've got Kenneth Walker the third in the backfield, um, and you've got you add uh, another quality running back in Zach Charbonnet, I think there's a lot that the Detroit Lions are going to have to answer and be ready for in that second week. So I think they lose that one. Going through the rest of the schedule, I think they go and they win. Um, you know, in in Green Bay, I think they win uh, in Chicago later in the season. A couple of the other losses that I have on there is. going out to LA. It's after the bye week. And again, it's it's when they have these long periods of time off. And you're going to have a Monday night game against the Las Vegas Raiders. I keep wanting to t- say Oakland, but the Las Vegas Raiders. And you're going to have these two weeks what do you do during that two weeks to make sure you keep your rhythm? And it's all about lessons for a very young team that they're going to have to learn and sometimes going to learn the hard way. It's the furthest trip that they're going to take uh, when they play the LA Chargers. They're, they're going up against a very good team that, that at that point will have some of the kinks worked out. Now, LA has been riddled with injuries the last couple of years. You, you can't count on those. You can't not count on those. But when they go out there, it's a long road trip. They're playing against a very good team. I don't think they go out there and get a win. And another road trip where I think they get they pick up a loss is at the end of the year against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we do have a really good offensive line, and it will somewhat negate the pass rush and the defense of the Dallas Cowboys. It's just one of those games where I look at and I say, you know what, I don't think they go out there and get a win. But ultimately, for me, They go to Minnesota, they get a win, they beat Minnesota at home, they've got Green Bay and Chicago twice, and a wild card is going to be Jordan Love and that Green Bay defense. How healthy do they stay? How good do they recover from last year? They're playing really good at the end of the year, but Jordan Love is going to be the ticket there. I think the Lions end up with a 12-5 and record. They are going to host a playoff game, which I know everybody in the city of Detroit here will lose their minds over. Now, I do want to talk about some of the guys that haven't been at off-season workouts and how reputation, how expectations will shape that and how we view that a little bit. And I'm going to take two guys that were rookies last year. Aiden Hutchinson was not at the first two weeks of off-season workouts. Jamison Williams was not at the beginning of this off-season program. And you've got a couple of guys with very different reputations. Now, I'm not in the gym to know exactly how Jamison Williams works out. Everything that we heard going you know, through his rehab was that he did everything they expected him to do. He was there. He was working hard, trying to get back on the field. But off the field, we obviously have some questions. And if those decisions are any indication of what he's going to be doing this offseason, what he's going to be doing in the weight room, I have concerns about him not being there. Aiden Hutchinson we I've seen him work out for four or five years when he was at Michigan. I know how he works out. I know how he handles his business. And the only thing that we heard from Michael Brockers, who was a veteran on the team last year from a lot of other guys is that he is a pro through and through. He came in understanding what he had to do to be successful in the NFL. And he's going to continue to improve the reason that I would like him. So I'm not, I'm not as concerned to get to my point, that Aiden Hutchinson wasn't there. Jared Goff was there. I think it's very important your quarterback is present in uh, the offseason program. It's leadership. when And guys have to be able to, one, take care of themselves so that they're ready to lead when it matters most, and that's during the regular season. Aiden Hutchinson is an animal in the weight room. If you watch any of his social media, uh, especially Instagram, he's posting all the time a day in the life. And you know, starting at six in the morning, going all the way through 11 o'clock at night, he's a guy that is doing everything and almost every second of the day to make sure that he is preparing his body, his mind, everything for a successful run this season and improving himself but there's more than just improving yourself. You've got to improve your team. When Aiden Hutchinson and guys that work like him are in the weight room, when they are present, then it it demands more of every single guy. If you're hoping that the rest of that defensive line, there's guys like Levi Onzerike, Aline McNeil. They may be more veteran in the NFL than Aiden Hutchinson, but You've got to match the intensity. When you see a guy working as hard as Aiden Hutchinson works, then all those other guys will follow suit because they don't want to be outdone by one of their teammates. It raises the level of your teammates. That's the value of having those guys there day in, day out, every time the team either enters the weight room or takes the field. And when you have a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, may not be a captain this year, May not be a captain for a few years, but he's got those captain qualities and it's going to force them as a team to raise their level in the off season, which will only help them when they get to training camp, when they get to the regular season. You've got to be durable. You've got to be a guy that's willing to do all the different things that are required of you, are required of a team in the off season so that you're ready for the regular season. So not as concerned about Aiden Hutchinson being there. But my preference would be that he would be there the entire time. The, it's also about communication. How much did these guys communicate with the coaches and clear it with Aaron Glenn, with Dan Campbell? And I know Aiden was able to do that. I'm sure J-Mo did that. I'm sure they communicated with him and said, hey, we're, we're going to give you these liberties, but we're counting on you and we're trusting you to make sure that you're doing everything outside of football to be good when we are actually going to be here. Aiden Hutchin has proven that, proven to make good decisions. Jamison Williams, not so much. So there's some question marks. And you're going to handle every guy differently as you go through your career. You're going to be handled differently as a rookie, as a second, third-year guy. If you're fortunate enough to get that second contract or be a 10-year vet, you're going to be handled differently at different points of your career because at some point, if you're able to be there, and sustain the rigors of an NFL season and continue to put up good numbers, then it's understood that you're doing what is required of you to be good when it comes time to play football in the fall. When we come back next week or at the end of the week, we're going to continue to dig into some of the offseason news. I know Jameer Gibbs sat out part of rookie minicamp. How big of a concern is that? Talk about that at the end of the week. When TJ returns next week, we will get his take on what the win-loss total is at this point. There's still a lot to happen before the regular season gets here, but we will get his initial reaction to not just the schedule, but to the win-loss total. So we'll talk to you next. We'll talk to you later in a week, but we'll talk to you next week with TJ. Stay tuned in here for all your Lions information, off-season, regular season, anything going, going or coming from Allen Park. We'll make sure we dig into it right here on Necessary Roughness.